Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another wild weekend, week rather, not weekend, and crazy week. You know, when Trump was president, every week was wild, and I couldn't wait till he wasn't president. I thought things would calm down. Well, they really haven't. Uh, the weeks continue to be crazy and wild, except it's a different set of things. Now, how do I feel about that? I would rather deal with the problems we're dealing with now than what we had to deal with under Trump. Uh, for some reason, it seems normal, okay? I know we may be on the brink of war in the Ukraine and things like that, but it seems normal. And so I prefer this. I don't know if we're ever going to get to a time Again, if such time ever existed where there was calm, calm, everything was calm, everything was happy, everything was kumbaya. It doesn't, I don't, I think it may be gone forever. I'm joking. I hope it all comes back. It's got to because life is a pendulum, swings back and forth, and we're due for that swing in the opposite direction. In any event, tonight we got a multitude of issues to deal with. Uh, December 7th, of course, Bob Dole died. Uh, some new COVID study results. Uh, the uh, Mark Meadows, I've got a lot to say about him. He's just made an ass out of the January 6th committee, and I hope they learn from this. And Florida's Governor DeSantis, he wants to establish a civ- civilian military answerable only to him and the state of Florida. This guy's a bad guy. Uh, and then today, of course, Biden and Putin met, and we want to discuss this. And I've got a ton of other things if I ever get to them. Uh, we're not going to go to many places today because everything seems to be located pretty close or alone in a solitary fashion, but a multitude of events occurring in one place. We'll be touching on Pearl Harbor, Washington, D.C., Kansas, Tallahassee, Florida, and the Florida Keys. How's that? Not a lot. But we've got a multitude of things to talk about. So let's start with December 7th. Today is the anniversary of December 7th, 1941, one of the most horrific, horrendous days in the history of our country, the Japanese sneak attack on Pearl Harbor. It started World War II. Two days later, Germany was into it. Uh, a horrible situation. On December 8th, the day after the attack, President Roosevelt appeared before a joint session of Congress and asked for a declaration of war, which, of course, he received. And part of his speech or his request was, and I quote, December 7th, a day that will live in infamy. And yes, it will live in the history of this country forever. Now there's something interesting, an observation that occurred to me today. I don't know if you ever thought about it this way either, uh, but our worst enemies in World War II were Japan and Germany. No question about it. Who are two of our closest friends in the world today? Diplomatically, economically, in every conceivable way. Japan and Germany. Our worst enemies, our best friends. Now, 
who were two of our very good friends during World War II, who are our worst enemies today? Russia and China. Isn't it amazing? Two good friends from World War II are now our two most dangerous enemies, China and Russia. How the world changes, how the world turns. Uh, you never expected things to end up this way. If someone said, for example, in 1945, would Russia be our enemy for 50 years? Probably yes, because they were hard to deal with right after the war and even during the war. But uh, who would have believed that Japan and Germany would be our very close friends? And who would have believed that China was going to be our enemy? Be that as it may, uh, two days ago, a very prominent man, a great historical figure, died. Robert Dole. Robert Dole. Robert Dole is an American war hero in the same class and stature of John McCain. And I assure you, my friends, that in this, uh, the other world upstairs right now at this moment, they are walking together, looking down on the United States Senate and commenting, which I will get into in a minute. But these two men must be marching together because both are glorious uh, were a glorious American war heroes. Now, Dole, interesting man. We didn't know him. Many people are not aware of him at time-wise. He was much older than McCain by about 10, 15 years. Uh, Robert Dole died two days ago at 98 in his sleep. Uh, again, an American war hero, John McCain class. World War II was his war, whereas McCain's was Vietnam. World War II was his war. He was a young kid from Kansas. He intended to go to college and medical school. The war came. He was. He went into the service, the Army. He was a member of what has been described as the greatest generation. While fighting in Italy, he was grievously wounded. It took years for him to recover, and to the day he died, he really never had a total recovery. Uh, he shattered his shoulder. For whatever happened to his left arm, it was withered and useless the rest of his life. In fact, he constantly walked around holding a pen, okay, he, holding a pen uh, in the hand, in the arm, in the hand of the arm that had withered, uh, and his, pe his fingers were wrapped around this pen. Should some thoughtless person who was not aware of his injury uh, try to shake his hand? Shaking his hand probably would have separated his withered arm from his body. So that's how he covered that situation. Uh, he, was a, uh, he spent four terms in Congress and then four terms in the United States Senate. He stepped down from the Senate in 1996 to run for president on the Republican ticket. His opponent, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton defeated him. He was bipartisan, absolutely bipartisan. And if anyone in his, con in his Senate, Republicans, was not bipartisan, he would have chopped their heads off. He was a tough guy, uh, but he was a gentleman also. He was old-fashioned, old-fashioned, a gentleman, never swore, and was bipartisan. Those were the days when Democrats and Republicans were friends. They, they had their issues. They, they uh opposed each other on, but when they had agree on something, they did, and the major issues were dealt with, like Social Security and things like that. 
uh, at 5 o'clock when the day was over on the floor, these fellows in the Senate and the Congress, they were personal social friends, and they would go to someone's office, sit down, have a couple of drinks, all drinking men, have a couple of drinks and play a few rounds of cards, a few hands of cards. They were buddies. And on the weekends, they didn't run home, okay? They stayed in Washington. They, the Republican couples socialized with the Democratic couples and vice versa. They went to dinner together with their wives on Friday night and all this sort of thing. It was a different world. He was part of that world. Uh, he has been described as a rational voice, the rational voice of the Republican Party uh, in his later years in Washington. Again, my friends, hear what I'm saying. McCain and Dole are hand in hand tonight. And I'll bet you they're looking down on the Senate and the Congress, and especially the Senate, of which they were both major figures and saying, what a bunch of asses. When are these guys going to learn? Okay? Now, moving on. There has been two new COVID studies have been released in the past week. Interesting results on these COVID studies. Hear what I'm going to say. Counties, pro-Trump counties, now have far higher COVID death rates. Pro-Trump counties now have higher death rates. Why? The people are anti-vaccine. Why? Because their noble leader, Trump, was anti-vaccine. And the, the second study, and this is consistent with the first study by a different group, it's, it, it indicated that the rate of dying from COVID, okay, the rate of dying from COVID is 50% higher in red states. God bless you, the Republican Party, wherever you're in there and you're fighting uh, to keep the, your area, as you call it, anti-vaccinated. 50% of the deaths are higher in your states than in a Democratic state. Nothing to be proud of. COVID is everywhere. Coronavirus is worldwide. We came out with this new thing two or three weeks ago. Was it Om Omicron? Om 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 Omicron? Omicron? Something like that. Uh, I apologize for not uh, pronouncing it correctly. I can see the spelling in my head. However, uh, and we got a situation here with this. It's bad in some countries. It's bad here yet. Don't forget, less than sixty percent of our people have yet to be vaccinated. It's bad, okay? Until we get up to 85, 90%, it's bad. Now, what's happening in other parts of the world? Let, let's, let's talk about Australia. They're not screwing around Australia. They had this thing under control. It came back. They have now set up camps. Camps. They're like concentration camps. Nazi Germany. They're just like concentration camps. The trucks. If you have COVID, or you have been in contact with someone who has the virus, but you haven't come down with it. You still must go to this camp, and the trucks come, the trucks, in the middle of the night, during the day and in the middle of the night, and the soldiers who come to you, all right, are dressed in these special outfits, they're called ham hamlets or something like that, 
so they don't get infected. And no matter what your excuse is, no excuse is accepted. You're hauled into the back of the truck, and these camps have been set up. They are quarantine camps, uh, quarantine camps, and not a nice place to go. Nobody likes to go where they don't want to go, and you get one meal a day. They're clean, these places. You got a little cubicle for yourself alone. You stay alone. Uh, If you walk more than a few feet outside your little cabode abode, okay, you are fined $5,000. No screwing around. Stay inside till you're free of the disease or your time. You have to be in there 14 days disease-free uh, before they'll let you go, get, leave and go home. So they're not fooling around. No way, Jose, in Australia. you got to admire them. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine that happening in this country? Our people are back with the revolutionary mind in 1776 or the Confederacy mind in the 1850s and 1860s. Anyhow, now let's go to Austria. Austria is in terrible shape also with the disease. They have total lockdown. Uh, well, the lockdown lockdown's a bit of a problem. It's not quite working. I've got to be frank with you. The lockdown is not quite working. So what they've decided, they went one week and they found out that the lockdown wasn't working. People were refusing to stay in the house and they're walking around. Government said, what the hell are we going to do? So the new way of approaching the problem is if you've got the disease or you've been near someone who has had the, the virus, uh, you will be fined and or jailed. It's four weeks in prison and a fine of $4,000, separately or both or part of each. So that's what they're trying now. And if you recall, I mentioned on the show about two weeks ago, uh, Austria really wants – they are intent – upon cleaning up the problem and getting the people vaccinated. Everything's vaccination. And the countries and places that are having, getting lousy records and people are getting sick are where the vaccination rates are low in any event. Prostitution, I told you, was legal in Austria. Uh, the whorehouses, the houses of ill repute, the houses of prostitution, perfectly legal, big business. They pay taxes to the government, too, by the way. Uh, and in the last two years because of the virus. Uh, people aren't stupid. The business, men going to houses of ill repute for purposes of sex, diminished. The whole houses were losing money. The government's losing tax money. Uh, and the government wanted to get the, the, the whorehouses going again to show people uh, we're, we're fighting this disease and it's working. So here's how the game was played. And no one knows the result yet. We're, I'm waiting to hear, Okay. Uh, every whorehouse would give a customer 30 minutes of sex free. Any kind, all kinds, 30 minutes of sex free. The person also had to be vaccinated. And they had the vaccine tables set up. You weren't vaccinated. So anyway, you got the free deal. That they had tables with two doctors, two nurses in each each place of house of ill repute. You came in, you got your shot, you picked out a girl, you had a half hour of fun, and it didn't cost you any money. Isn't that terrific? Uh, saved your life, improved your sex life. Uh, and no one knows how that's working yet. We have not heard. And 
Greece. Greece, i got to tell you something about Greece. I've had a lot of experience in Greece, as you well know. And uh, I have friends in Greece. I have friends in Greece. And we communicate. Not every day, every month, but maybe every two or three months, someone will write to me from Greece. And they follow the rules out there. They follow the rules in Greece. The Greek people follow the rules. Uh, I can recall uh, a year, year and a half ago when our people were not getting vaccinated and fighting it like they still are today. A Greek friend of mine wrote me and said, Louis, how can this be? And he's a smart businessman. He says, we all get vaccinated here. All right? Uh, we'd be afraid not to. It's not that we're compelled to. We want to save our asses. Very simple. Well, Greece uh, still is having a problem. Their numbers are not as high as they would like, but they're higher. They're, they're over 80%. But they have a problem with old people. People over 60 are the majority of the people who are still coming down with the disease. So the way they're, they're handling the problem is people over 60 must get vaccinated. And if they don't get vaccinated, they must pay a fine each and every month of $114, but they go to jail. Very simple. And this program starts January 16th. They hope many of these senior citizens will get vaccinated before then, but that is what Greece is doing. I, I marvel at what these other countries are doing, and I can't conceive of we doing it in this country. We, uh, I, I, our people are freedom crazy. Be that as it may, I want to talk about Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows, congressman for years, loyal, very conservative Republican, a Trump man. Uh, he was chief of staff in the uh, Trump White House for a period of time. He was involved in, in January 6th, and the committee wants to talk to him, obviously. Uh, he initially indicated he would not cooperate. They served him with a subpoena. Uh, the word was he wasn't going to honor the subpoena. Then, apparently, the committee and he, his attorneys and he talked, and he agreed to uh, honor the subpoena. And they, they, they were served upon him, and he was given a date to uh, appear, uh, like a week later. you got to move this stuff. We're sitting on our asses with this investigation, in my opinion, by the way. Anyhow, uh, just before he's to appear... His lawyer sends a letter to the committee. Poor Mark Meadows is sick. Here's his doctor's name. This is what he's got. We have to adjourn it, adjourn his appearance. And it was decided by the committee that he would appear December 16th. We're losing time here, time, like almost two weeks. Time is of the essence in this investigation. It's got to be done and over with in the next six months. Anyhow, uh, I recall Schiff, Congressman Schiff, who was a man I've respected uh, for many years, Congressman of California, very much involved in the two Trump uh, impeachment cases, and he's very active on this January 6th committee. Uh, he announced it to the public that there was this adjournment, and he made the comment, which I thought was awfully stupid, that, in effect, the illness was a for real thing. My words, not his, but just as many words or just as few words as I'm using used. And I thought mentally, how stupid. Because to me, 
I thought they were jerking him around. They were taking advantage of the situation, but he went with it. See, the Republicans play down and dirty. Democrats are always gentlemen. They buy these stories. Well, this morning, the committee received a letter from Mark Meadows' attorney. He's not going to appear at all, okay? He's decided that the committee's not playing fair with him, and up yours, in effect, is what he said. Well, Obviously, they're going to pursue him, uh, have Congress vote on uh, holding him in criminally in contempt, send it over to the Justice Department, uh, and follow the procedures that's, that are being used under Bannon. Uh, I would not hesitate to do it, and I'm going to tell you something else. Here's where they made their mistake, the January 6th committee. I practiced law for 46 years. Subpoenas were powerful tools in a good attorney's hands. I was always trying cases. I had administrative hearings. I was subpoenaing everybody. And I knew I needed the power of the subpoena because no one wants to get involved. No one wants to testify. So I'd subpoena them. And when they called with an excuse, I wouldn't buy it. I had a reputation for being a hard-ass attorney in my area, and I didn't mind. I wouldn't buy it because... That judge or that administrative hearing officer only gave me so much time to present my case. And if I didn't have all my witnesses there that I needed, I was going to lose. My client was going to suffer. So I was a hard ass. I wouldn't accept any reason. They had to show up. They had to be on their deathbed. And in those few instances where they were very sick, not necessarily on their deathbed, I'm joking here, uh, I would require a detailed letter from the person's doctor spelling out what was wrong, and in certain instances even brought the doctor in to testify, okay, as to the nature of the illness, because under New York law, I was entitled uh, to have a doctor of my choosing, okay, examine the witness who didn't want to appear and said he was sick and he had a doctor backing him. So, and we did these things rapidly. And of course, as the witness's doctor said, oh, the poor man's sick. My doctor said, oh, nothing wrong with this guy. But we resolved the problem. Right? We resolved it. They don't play hardball on the January 6th committee. And they're letting these Republicans take advantage of them. Don't play this game anymore. They're supposed to appear in a date. You appear. If you have a good reason, we're going to go farther. you got to give us a detailed report. Our doctor can examine you, et cetera, et cetera. Get it over with. 24, 48 hours. You're the Congress of the United States. You have this power. Exercise it. Our good friend, Governor DeSantis. Absolutely a Trump clone. Trump reincarnated his campaign and his whole term in office so far. And he wants to be president. And if Trump doesn't run, he's going to take a shot at getting the nomination. Could very well get it. He's the kind of guy people love, like Donald Trump. What is he doing now? He is, (laughs) this is terrible what he's doing. He is putting together a civil military civilian military, civilian military that will be answerable only to him and the state of Florida. He will be the commander of the civilian military. 
Don't forget, he's still got a National Guard. But once you call in the National Guard, the federal government takes over. He doesn't want any of that, because if he's going to battle the federal government, as he always is, he wants to control. He wants to be the commander-in-chief, and I can understand. But we don't play the game that way in this country, though he is trying it, and that's what he's doing right now. He's going to have his own military Speaks well for the man, doesn't it? Shows you what a dastardly individual he is. Biden and Putin met for two hours this morning over the Internet. It's amazing how people can communicate, you know, worldwide uh, over the Internet. You don't have to travel and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, All over the Ukraine situation, don't know what's going to happen. I've seen pictures, as you have on the Internet, of of these soldiers And the planes, the tanks, the vehicles, the helicopters, all surrounding the Ukraine. Ships in the water. Uh, Amazing. The word is he has anywhere from 100,000 to 170,000 troops lined up, ready to cross the border. Okay? And the whole deal was he doesn't want them to be accepted into NATO, because under NATO, if any one country is attacked, All countries must come to the defense of that country, and he knows he will never be able to take over the Ukraine as he wants to. All right, it remains a danger to him. They will be friends of the United States and the democratic nations of Europe, and we'll see what happens. He's threatening he's going to do it. i got to see how Biden stands up to him here. This is equal to what Kennedy was facing with Khrushchev during the Cuban missile crisis i want to say this too the pictures i saw of all this war material and soldiers reminded me of england on on june 6th 1944 before the invasion or june or was it it was june 6th i forget the year 43 40 it was 44 in 1944 in england they were all based the next morning they're going to go and over to normandy And it looked like that. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And Putin, i got to say this too, cannot afford economic hardship. He's getting killed as it is. Okay? Forget that he's got some, uh, already we've we've encroached on him economically a bit. But Russia's been in bad shape economically. They're not the powerful nation they once were. He plays the game and he bluffs everybody. I want to see... who blinks first here? With Kennedy and Khrushchev, Khrushchev blinked. I hope Biden doesn't blink and Putin blinks first here. Amanda Gorman, poet at the inauguration, lovely 22-year-old black girl, African-American girl, let me be politically correct, great poet. She has put out her debut, quote-unquote, poetry collection. The book is called Call Us What We Carry, It's about what's happened in the past that has been bad for this country that was able to be utilized in the future to correct situations. And she's put this into poetry, uh, a poetic drama. I've had the opportunity to read some parts of it. It's dynamite, dynamite, absolute dynamite. It's a must read. Ah, where am I here? Where am I here? There is oh so much here. Uh, the um, let's see here. Maybe, be, 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 be. 
I, 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 I did something yesterday in my blog. Uh, there was an article in the Citizen, he was Citizen yesterday, someone complaining in Citizen's voice, that Key West, somebody who had lived here since 1978, he and his wife were leaving, because what was once was a community that was fun and quirky was now annoying and rude. Well, I've been talking about this not publicly here on the show or in my blog for about a year uh, with other people in the community that I know who have been here quite a while, and they all say the same thing. The people, what's happened here, the pandemic was part of it, but the people that are coming here now, they're terrible. Uh, I, they're rude. You have no idea. <laughs> and they're, they're not funny. They're not fun. Uh, and people wrote back to me. I have comment sections. I'm in several different sites. And said, Every one of them, not one person disagreed with me. They all basically said, Key West used to be wacky, now it's tacky. And that's a sad situation. Well, that's the show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I love doing the show. I'm glad you joined me, as I say on occasion. My numbers keep going up here. I absolutely love that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And what more can I say but good night.